0: Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 190, Episode 4 of Joe Daily's I Geist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Thursday, June 24th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. People Try to Throw Us Out. Talking about defenestration. We're gonna <laughs> splat on to the ground. Talking about defenestration. As far as it's sold, it's awfully bold. Talking about defenestration. I'm gonna die before I get old. Talking about defenestration. That is courtesy of Dublin Zeno. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray.
1: Bro, bro,
2: come on, bro, get your body stuck with a needle stuck, hey, 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 come on, bro, let antibodies into the blood for you, no, you can do it, please get. The motherfucking vaccinations. Uh, so anyway, Christy right. Yamaguchi, made So anyway, Vogue <laughs> Madonna, AKA, you love to see it. Shout out to all the Vogers from Paris is burning that uh, helped bring in the Vogue era like Willie Ninja. Shout out to Christy Yamaguchi, main One more time.
0: One more. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined by the very funny and talented improvisers uh, who are the creators and not hosts, but talent on the new Big Money Players Network podcast. Creative force behind you. Creative force behind uh, the new show on the Big Money Players Network, uh, Will Ferrell's uh, Big Money Players Network. Uh, The show is called This Is Americans Live. It is a fully improvised satire on another lesser podcast you've probably never heard of uh, (laughs) called This American Life. Please Um, welcome Aristotle, a theorist, and Andy Harris.
3: Thank wow. you. Thank you.
0: That was nice.
3: Do we need to sing our own intro like you guys did? or If you want. I mean, if you got
1: and, something. What I mean,
3: you got? Andy? I'll play the instrumental and you sing. Ready? <laughs>
1: okay. All right.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Here we go. Here we go. The delay. <bless laughs> you. Well, we're happy to be here. <laughs> hey, let's talk about some stuff that you've decided we should talk about
3: nice good job right guys yeah <laughs> i know i'm sorry you guys was let me know where we're starting good. that was
0: thoroughly good as yeah. as we were saying
3: that was george that was george thoroughly good yeah
1: it it was mm. george thoroughly <laughs> yeah yeah
3: <laughs> what's new with y'all where are you guys at where are you out in the world los angeles for me okay he's yeah. in los angeles too where are you guys hey los
2: angeles you know where else where else the podcasting capital of the earth
0: I'm in Pittsburgh at my in-laws' house, so they hear me doing all of the shit that you just heard me do. Uh, and oh, nice. right! Lucky, lucky them.
3: They have no references to what you're doing. They're just like, they just hear yeah. you singing. Because I told them
0: I'm hearing. a lawyer, so they're just like, "Why is he <laughs> to <always?"> impress them?"
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: your exactly. <you're>, your honor. <laughs> 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 I mean that that seemed to work in '90s movies. That song was always the it's best true. way to right. introduce anything. I also, my mother-in-law cut me up some Asian melon, and I just realized that that is a crunchy food that I should not be eating while recording. So apologies to anybody who's turned off by the sounds of my teeth crunching through Uh, a nice, firm melon. Yeah, yeah. Let me see it. It's good.
2: Prove it. Uh, He's eating rocks again, folks. It's like white. Yeah. It's bright
0: white melon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: Musk melon, it's sometimes called. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't even. Yeah, I just know that it's always at the Korean grocery store. Maybe it's not even called Asian melon, and that was just me it's one of those being Asian pear, Jack,
2: it's an apple. <laughs> 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 Come to these uh, Asian Please. melons, like, folks, yeah, yeah,
3: tastes just like a Granny Smith. I thought he was going to show us like candied almonds. He goes, "This is they, they call these." <laughs> melons, like, yeah. That's, can't, that's candy, <laughs> the candy
0: culture. Jack. This is called. <laughs> that's popcorn. Bro. I guess I'm being healthy today.
2: <laughs>
0: so you guys have been uh, homies for a long time. Is this the first project that you've worked on together, or what's uh, your backstory as a team? Enemies
2: for a while.
3: Well, we were we were in an improv group together a long time ago. We performed a show called Let's Do This at UCB. And then also we did a lot of the cage matches there and whatnot. And then we used to do we two man. A,
1: yeah, two we while. had a two man two man team for a while, a two-man group for a while.
3: For for a short while, yeah. And then, you know, things happen. People grow apart. Hugh started making money doing his radio stuff. And then I started, <laughs> you know, doing my thing. And we hadn't seen each other in a long time. But as far as like outside of that, yeah, this is the first thing that we had done together in a while. I mean, we we've been toying with the idea for, for a minute. You know, i'd I'd come with I'd come to him with like podcast ideas, and he'd be like, "Eh, that works. That doesn't work." We'd try some stuff out. We record it, and then, you know, he would add his little flavor to it.
1: Yeah. After After a while, we reunited when uh, Ari had a uh, he did a show with the Improv as oh, yeah. um, who who were you? You were uh, the drug lord, uh,
3: Pablo Pablo, the Pablo Pablo Escobar. Escobar. Yeah, oh.
1: and he he brought me in to play Ronald Reagan,
3: and, uh, <laughs> and it, it was
1: it was pretty. It was a pretty bad Ronald Reagan impression. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
0: it wasn't good. Uh, well, the, the Ira Glass on This Is Americans Live, I, I think that's you, Aristotle, right?
3: Yeah, that is me, yeah.
0: It's so good, man. It is. <laughs> you like it? Yeah, I've heard a lot of Ira Glasses <laughs> in my time, and that's this is the best one by far. <laughs> and yeah, this show's really funny. You guys are amazing together. And yeah, people need to go check it out. It drops uh, this weekend, right? It did. It did already.
3: Yeah, it just dropped. It dropped on the twentieth, I think. The twentieth, yeah, Father's Day, and today 25.
0: is the twenty fourth. Um, yeah, so yes, you're a little behind, Jack. Yeah, my yeah, bad. That's all right. I was Pittsburgh too busy time. celebrating uh, Father's Day. Uh, Father's Day showered yeah, yeah. with gifts.
1: He was, he was celebrating. He was celebrating the launch of This Is Americans Live yes. on all on all <laughs> podcast platforms.
0: Well, people can go check it out right now, then, and they ought to. We are going to get to know you guys a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, We're going to talk about the U.S. training of some of the assassins who killed Jamal Khashoggi. We're going to talk about uh, why young people don't own homes, because Wall Street does. Uh, Wall Street's buying all the houses across the country. Uh, Obviously, the big story for the day on this show and in our lives, collectively, uh, Miles especially, there's new news about the subway tuna mystery. What is in subway tuna? The New York Times. New York Times, I think listens to the Daily Zeitgeist because yeah. yesterday they had a big feature that was like, you know, in-depth reporting on the Britney Spears case and now they just did a uh, update on the subway tuna mystery uh, and did not find any tuna present in the subway tuna sandwich. Jeez Louise. Mm. Uh all of that plenty more, but first Aristotle, Andy. Yes. What is something from your search histories that's revealing about who you guys are? Well, I, I will say
1: <laughs> the most searched thing uh lately is this is Americans Live Andy Harris. Uh-huh. So I can check on the reviews and because I'm obsessed with myself. <laughs> I'm obsessed with myself.
0: Right, of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. Uh very honest answer. Yeah. Also, that's the number one thing trending on google right now i've noticed yes so, right I, I know yeah, a yeah, Twitter, yeah. a lot of traffic yeah.
2: coming out of la <laughs> yeah on parlor
0: yeah <laughs>
3: my search history history was i was googling andy googling himself <laughs> right on google
0: yeah should i be worried uh,
3: should i be worried yeah. i was googling uh you know like side effects and like you know <laughs> i've been obsessed with What's ahead of me in regards to like you know after the second I know after the second dose people get really kind of you know so was, uh-huh. for those who don't know I just I just got my second dose of the of the vaccine and so I was just kind of research I've been researching a lot of that
2: yeah and how are you feeling feeling okay I'm lethargic, feeling okay maybe? like
3: I, yeah a little lethargic I got a little bit of a headache not not really it's funny like I've had hangovers that are worse than this so it's not like oh, yeah. really anything it's nothing like oh I'm really sick like I actually. If that part of my memory had been erased that I actually got the shot yesterday, I would just think uh, today I'm just having an off day. Right. So that's good. Yeah.
0: My wife, my wife is a uh, pain physician and I was having this like weird phantom pain in my knee the other day. And she was like, "Okay, well, like where is it on a scale of one to 10? Like think about the worst pain you've ever had. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I think it might be a hangover. I think my hangovers were that bad—the worst that, like, pain I've ever experienced. That might be the worst pain I've in ever experienced. in your seen. knee. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, just like yeah, she was general. asking, like the highest point of pain that I've ever experienced, and right, like I would have 24 hours where like my head would be in just the most pain I can imagine—a a yeah. headache causing, and then yeah. also nauseous on top of it.
2: So wait, what's I, a phantom pain in your knee? Mean. I just
0: thought, I didn't know
2: where it came from. Uh, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And just, I thought that oh, so, sounded so not, cooler than an imaginary pain.
3: But you knew like where in your knee it was hurting, you, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. So
1: so
3: it's not yes. like
0: a phantom
1: phantom limb where like you have felt like you right. were drawing a, a second. Yeah. Right, yeah. Second yeah. I,
0: that is probably not the correct term. And I'm you weren't referencing
2: the Metal Gear Solid game
3: either, right?
0: No, I was okay. referencing Phantom Thread, the Paul Thomas Anderson okay. movie.
3: But, that makes uh, more sense. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like I have phantom pains all the time. I don't know where the fuck any of them come from. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And right. I still, and and then it just kind of went away. I think it might have been actually a cramp from being dehydrated. Right. Is is my leading hypothesis right now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was re- referencing phantom threat because I think it also was caused by my wife poisoning me with mushrooms. Ah. Phantom Thread oh, ref for there it is. All, all the heads out there. <laughs> that ha- that uh, happens
1: in that that happens in, in the movie.
0: I
3: haven't yeah. seen it.
0: It's not like it's,
1: not the whole but it's thing. interesting. I, I did just watch an episode of Law and Order SVU where that happens too. So is it yeah. possible that Phantom Thread lifted that from an old episode of Law and
0: Order SVU? I, I think that, all that's all of these exactly things what happened. Are- <laughs> that's right. That, that's an accusation
1: <laughs> I'm happy to make. That's
0: something that I think happens more than we think. Like, people have pointed out that a lot of M. Night Shyamalan plots, or at least a couple of them, were pulled from Nickelodeon shows. Oh, Mm. really?
2: Yeah. Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and Shit? Yeah, I think
0: either Are You Afraid of the Dark or Goosebumps had an episode that was, like, basically beat for beat, Sixth Sense, like, with the twists and
3: everything. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Makes
2: sense. I mean, Annapurna Pictures has been just mired in controversy for the amount of concepts that they lift from different, like Dick Wolf shows. Is that true? (laughs) No. Oh, (laughs) God. Phantom (laughs) Thread. I mean, Zero Dark Thirty. We all remember that episode of SVU.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But if you you are somebody who's a a writer and, like, works in the realm of, like, plot, like, you're always looking for, like, ideas, I'm sure. Like, whether you're watching... Like reading a children's yeah. book or whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah.
3: Sure. Sometimes okay. an idea like just pops in your head. You don't even know where it came from, and sometimes it originated from something like that. And then,
0: yeah, of course.
3: You know, yeah. I had this one idea where Arnold Schwarzenegger would play like a, a cyborg, right? And come back, <laughs> right. From come come from. I'm being serious. Came, comes from the future, it was specifically right. Schwarzenegger,
1: <laughs> and then he teaches <laughs> kindergarten. He teaches kindergarten class. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, yeah, exactly.
2: And he's cleaning up the chalkboard with an eraser. And yeah. he's like, you've been erased.
1: Yeah, There you go.
3: You've, you've been erased.
2: Yeah.
1: And he's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and his brother's Danny DeVito. We all, we all had yeah. this idea. We've all had a... this yeah. dream before. I mean, what writer's room hasn't had
0: that idea yeah. floating around? <laughs> what is something you guys think is overrated? Social interaction. In
2: what sense? What do you mean? Like you're, you're just over it? You're not, you're not doing it again?
1: Doing things. Going and doing things.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. that was the that was the whole thing during the pandemic. It's like, oh, I can't wait to get out and go do stuff again. It's like, uh, then you gotta, then you gotta go stuff? do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wait, what? Enjoy this while you can. Enjoy doing nothing. Right. I yeah, I could never a... understand like like every oh I can't wait to go to a restaurant again. Like who wants to go to a go sit in a room with all these people yeah. eating? I do. <laughs> ah. Yeah. That's. Very overrated, infuriatingly overrated. <laughs> you look
0: Just furious, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah pretty, I'm pretty so mad about it. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty cheesed,
1: right?
0: <laughs> pretty How's that manifesto <laughs> coming along?
2: <laughs>
0: cheesed is the best way to describe you. <laughs> you know, someone's mad when they describe it as cheesed.
2: When they say, like, like, "Oh shit," he's. I think he's got a gun on him. He said, "Cheesed," <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Uh, Aristotle, you come up with anything you think is overrated? <laughs>
3: I think Law and Order SV is overrated. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa!
1: Whoa! Because
3: my because my wife watches it all the fucking time. She's seen every episode, but she watches it over and over and over again. It's like that or like The Voice. Her favorite shows run on this spectrum. It's like on one side it's like singing competition, right. Or or murder and rape. Like Right. Uh, that's what <laughs> right. she likes. All right. And so why
1: haven't Why haven't we talked about this? I I am. I'm not joking. I'm in the middle of binge watching all of the episodes of Law and Order SVU. That's why I was talking about it just now. I I just got to have a
3: conversation. I stopped
1: it. I I just stopped at season 12 when Stabler leaves the uh show because he shoots a girl. I don't
3: I know. I know. I don't know anything about about
1: spoiling things.
0: (laughs) I'm only on season 11.
3: Oh, (laughs) my God. She just watches it all the time. It's like I I always tell her I was like if there was like and then and then she's so and then she likes like murder mystery shows and a lot of like just stuff that's just heinous crimes and like the joke is in the house is like if there was a show where you would see like somebody who uh it's like a it starts off as like a singing competition show and then the person's on stage and then they're like singing their heart out and there's like three chairs right with all the chairs like turned yeah the voice you know, yeah. back like the voice yeah. and the person on stage is like going oh, uh, 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 and then and then and then all of a sudden you see like the buttons go and then the chairs turn and then each one of the people have guns and they're like, <laughs> <and they're> like, <laughs> like mow down the person and the person right. dies on stage i'm like that would be your favorite show of yeah. all time. <laughs> right, right right, right.
1: arnold schwarzenegger is one of the, yeah. one of the hosts right
3: yeah you yeah, would yeah for sure i don't <laughs> the know the judges yeah. were you guys schwarzenegger or stallone guys
2: I like both voice Uh, Jack, I think, is more Stallone because of Rocky. I was just because
0: of like just by I I think now I like Schwarzenegger movies better. But growing up, I was full Rocky Rambo. My dad would go see the Rambo movies when they came out in theaters and then tell me about them the next morning over breakfast. Like it was the most detailed conversations (laughs) we ever had. And then he let me go see Rambo three in the theater, uh, which was I was way too young to do that.
3: You kind you kind of look like the guy who'd be an, the actor who'd be cast as Stallone's son in a movie.
0: Oh man, that oh, means so much him. to me. Like I've right? really built my life towards that compliment. Uh, and that, that means so much to me. You honor me, sir.
1: Yeah, and, I'm more know,
2: Schwarzenegger. Now speaking yeah. of
1: speaking of Sylvester Stallone, coincidentally, that is my. Nothing gets me more cheesed. Uh oh, he's cheesed again, folks. <laughs> there, there's a scene. It's the most upsetting scene, upsetting line in all of cinema, is the Rocky movie where they're where they go to Los Angeles to fight, they're gonna fight Clubber Lang, whichever one that is. Yeah, part um, Three. Okay, okay, and Bert, Bert Young is that his name? Who, whoever the wh- whoever that? Where that that guy the the the, the trainer drunk, maybe the uh Paulie. The drunk, yeah, okay, the drunk okay, brother. Okay, and... okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Paulie. Okay, so so they they cut to they're in Los Angeles, right? And it's an yes. exterior shot of the gym in Los Angeles. Yeah, and Paulie says, "What the hell are we doing in Los Angeles, Rock?" <laughs> okay, so I'm supposed to believe that they got him on a plane. They got him on a plane. They took the four five hour flight from Philadelphia <laughs> to Los Angeles. He never asked during that entire time why they were going to Los Angeles.
3: He was drunk the whole time. <laughs> he just, <dude>. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: he waited <laughs> he until
3: past, now. He was pa- Yeah, he was passed out on the plane. He woke up he, with a cigar in his mouth. Yeah, of course. He so they, no check- so they,
1: so they hop a flight. They get in a cab. They they drive to the venue. Never did it cross his mind to ask why. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. And where? So cheesed. Are. Not, oh, nothing cheeses me more than that, but Jesus.
0: I I feel like that is because I think Stallone wrote that movie. I think he definitely directed it, and it's yes. just it's peak Stallone movie like logic where it's the characters kind of know their movie characters, like they're not mm. doing anything that's remotely right approximating really? <laughs> realistic right. behavior right, right, right. they know they're in a fucking training montage that's why <laughs> that's why they right. keep doing the same race over and over again multiple days in the same outfits well uh, and, well even then he should know so if right.
1: he so if he knows he's a character <laughs> he's read the script
2: yeah, yeah. Right. he
1: knows he knows what happens in the third act it's yeah a, but he yeah. had the exposition
2: that's like the great line in the Rocky Balboa film that we love on this show. <laughs> yeah, where this th- is the, the, second... the sporting board is telling him he can't box because he might die, and he accepts the ruling. And then comes back and says, "Wait, hold on! Don't I got any? Don't I got any rights?" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, let us know, sir. What are your rights to die in the ring because you're so elderly? I don't know, but yeah. yeah.
3: How, how did they not see already? It's like I mean, he sounds like he has brain damage. Be like, hey, did, have you listened to yourself?" Rocky. What are we talking
2: about? You know, come suit of happiness. It's interesting though because it fades in and doing? out. It,
0: it's it's very he he seems very damaged in Rocky one and the beginning of Rocky two, and then it kind of goes away for Rocky three and Rocky four, and then he, he's brain damaged again in Rocky five. It's a hmm an interesting form of brain damage that just yeah I, I think it's i think the money wise yeah exactly yeah. it's like yeah. you don't have brain damage when you're yeah the more money that he branch? has the less brain
3: damage he is so yeah you know
1: damage. my uh my brain damage comes and goes you know
2: yeah. <laughs> depends on them from using the hgh you know makes my head bigger so it makes my brain larger and less damage <laughs> All right, that's uh, all right. That's the that's the best one. That's the best one of all. That still owns
3: that have been because there's a lot of truth in that.
0: What is uh? What's something you guys think is underrated? I guess that Polly line was yours. Andy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've already I've already given you my upsetting answer. line in film? <laughs> it's underrated how upsetting that line is.
3: Andy, go. You always talk I, about I, I, things that are underrated.
1: Oof. Uh, <laughs> preparation into the scene. Prep. preparation yeah. for uh for podcasts that's mm-hmm. underrated yeah i, I definitely mm-hmm. uh I should have <laughs> done that mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah, what, else? Mm-hmm. what else what else <laughs> what else mm hmm i think that i think silence is underrated <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm especially on a podcast we've, yeah. We've yeah well
1: mm-hmm. yeah having a little bit of space i think between between um so, uh Words. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't know how many more answers you need out of me before Ari <laughs> thinks of something.
3: Oh, uh, I, already, I, I already know what's underrated. Oh, oh, damn. Yeah. Well, please. Okay, go ahead. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <my God. It's, laughs> friendship is underrated. Friendship, hey, guys. Friendship. W- without friends, what do I have? What do I there have without Andy? Freedom? What do I have without you? <laughs> the ability to, the ability to do whatever I want, whenever I want. I mean, Wait, whoa! Cheese and someone
1: have, off. What what have I been doing to you emotionally?
3: Everything.
2: Uh oh. Well, I guess we'll. Do, I'm, uh, kidding. we'll I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Get the kidding, cheese guys. off our chest in the in the break.
3: <laughs> so cheesed. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I yeah, friendship. I think I think people don't know how to be friends anymore these days. I think it's true.
2: It's hard to make yeah, new ones after a certain age.
3: Yeah, it's true. Like I can't even get my, like my wife when I've asked her and by, by the way, she's my fiance. I just don't, I hate the word fiance. So I just say wife, we're getting married in September, but
2: there you go. Congrats.
3: I, I, thank you so much. I asked her, I feel like there's certain things that are just kind of a given, like when you're with somebody. And I think one of those things is, is, uh, airport rides. Right. Am I right? You should always oh, be able wow. to get right. Yeah. Am I crazy? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I was just is... roped into uh, doing a pickup up, pick drop-off for uh, my partner, Her Majesty. So, yeah, mm-hmm. and sometimes when I ask her, sometimes like, let me see if I can fit that in. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I, but I always, I'm like,
0: <laughs> fucking airport shuttle for you. F2 it's like, five. I know, but I have plans.
2: And I'm like, fuck.
0: That I is the walk. most specific to L.A. Like, it is the L.A. love language, the yeah, ride no. to the airport, because right the airport yeah. sucks to get to and get out of. And then, and you know, then the she, car ride
2: back is just. What do you do no.
3: at that point?
1: And, yeah. then, and then she's then she's like, "What the hell are we doing at the airport?" <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: because she is Polly. I just park at the airport. Now.
2: Wow, but it's I not just, just, take just so it, much it, money. Yeah, I was going to say it's like almost the flight you cost your flight.
1: Well, it's not just the significant, it's significant. other; it's the family members. It's the oh, my mother's in town. You got to go pick her up. Uh, my, you know, it's yeah. it's yeah. everybody. Everybody that she knows, you have to.
2: 'Cause we have the most cursed airport in the country with like uh. no options for people to leave except by car. And if and God forbid you need a taxi or Uber, it's like, well then you can walk a little bit to this other part that we've sort of hastily <clears throat> planned maybe try and escape from there. But they just yeah. like broke ground on like the connection from the metro to the airport in LA. Yeah. So Thank it God. looks like, like they're
0: a, building the fucking city of the future in there, man. It's like it looks like the Jetsons.
2: Yeah. Well, I, when I look at the incomplete like track from the metro to the airport, all I think of is speed because you see like these two concrete things I haven't made. Oh met yeah, yet, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh <laughs> hell yeah, dude! Somebody <laughs> jumped that.
3: Yeah. Hell yeah. When when are they planning on finishing that? Do you know?
2: I think it's like 2023 or four or something like that.
3: Jeez
2: No, That's
0: yeah. never gonna get here.
2: Yeah.
3: No kidding. <laughs>
1: Remember, remember the anticipation for the purple line, and that would when when it was. uh, And then you know, don't really hear much about that anymore.
2: Well, dying off a little bit.
0: Yeah, completed in purple purple line, the one that went to uh, the
2: the the Santa Monica Pier.
0: Yeah, but it's only one line, and it takes a long ass
2: time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, anyway, more of this, please. (laughs) (laughs)
0: L.A. Talk. All right. We will be right back after a brief message. And we're back. And let's talk about the U.S. We, we love to spread information, share information with our friends, uh, mm-hmm. especially paramilitary tips and tricks with the Saudis in particular.
2: Yeah, love it.
0: Yeah. Well, it turns (laughs) out four of the people that were on the Hashoggi hit squad uh, received paramilitary training in the U.S.
2: Yeah. And not just that, it was approved by the State Department. Hey, all right. But, you know, this is, they say, this is from a New York Times article uh, saying, quote, The training was provided by the Arkansas-based security company Tier 1 Group, which is owned by uh, Cerberus Capital Management. The company says the training, including safe marksmanship, and countering an attack was defensive in nature and devised to better protect Saudi leaders. One person familiar with the training said it also included work in surveillance and close quarters battle, CQB. But they say they didn't do anything that would have been like, this is how you take a dissident journalist and disappear them (laughs) from an embassy. It was just this other stuff that we taught them, which I'm sure is fair. But, you know, this is, I think, just goes to, you know, underline how sort of twisted and fucked up america's foreign policy is when it comes to relationships with these autocratic governments and before you say i can't believe trump did this quick note this began under barack obama in 2014 is when these guys yeah. first took their trip over here so this is you know this isn't anything new this is what we do over here
0: but you need that you need that special ops u.s military training to uh take on a middle-aged journalist when you're like nine armed military operatives. Just springing on him in a surprise attack. So yeah. well, it, well, you never done. know.
3: I mean, like in, under siege, they didn't know that the chef had all this training. Right. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. so good
2: with knives. <laughs> so
3: you never
0: just a chef, just a chef, and just a chef. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which I'm sure he's probably sharing his tips with, like in Russia with the KGB or something. <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, we saw what he's capable of. But I mean, yeah, this is again, this is a long pattern of informational exchanges that the U.S. does. I mean, they just look at the School of the Americas, where, you know, we trained cadets from all kinds of governments in Latin America, with uh, like in things like counterinsurgency and torture, interrogation, assassination. And oh, wouldn't you know it, these people went on to fight the communist revolutionaries and in the civil wars that destroyed the countries that are now becoming the source countries for many migrants. I don't think there's a connection there at all. No, no, I don't think so at all. Just an unfortunate, None. unfortunate coincidence. You know, coincidence, right?
0: Yeah, mm. capitalism's invisible army, the CIA. Yeah, uh, but
2: they've now like they've had to do a lot of uh like rebranding with it because I think it was in the like in two thousand one where they finally changed the name because people like everyone was like, isn't this like the assassin school like for foreign governments that they send people? Now it's the Western Hemisphere Institute for Security Cooperation. Right,
1: your new so. future starts today. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So what are you? So what are you waiting for? Get off the couch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're probably asking yourself: You have some communist revolutionaries in your country that are trying to get fair benefits and wages for the agriculture that's being exploited <laughs> by a foreign government, and get sure people am. hopped up on this thing called equality. <laughs> Huh? Check out the Western Hemisphere Institute for Security Cooperation.
1: Whoa, where do I get my brochure, bro?
2: <laughs> right here in
1: Fort Benning, Georgia. Okay. Hey, what the hell are we doing in Fort Benning,
0: Georgia, Rock?
2: <laughs> We're learning how to put down a popular uprising, Chief. Let's go.
0: I like that uh, now, now uh, Paulie is being played by Humphrey Bogart in this, I mean, I know. this <laughs> version <laughs> of Rocky. Oh, well, Rock, what do you say?
2: Yeah, it's it's not good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think this just goes, I think for people who have still maybe have blinders on, not understand how the US government works with other countries, it's like, yeah, it's to always uphold these sort of systems of oppression that will always benefit US foreign policy or business interests. That's kind of the whole thing here. But yeah, not good news for the owner of Cerberus Capital Management. Who I think mm. wanted to get an appointment at the Pentagon and then this came up and he's like, you know what? Never mind. We're gonna have to talk about this. We're good. We're good. I'm go. to go.
1: <laughs> you know what? I wanna I wanna add some I wanna make an amendment to my underrated uh, what what I think is underrated. And yeah. that is having the blinders on. Right. Because what what better way to preserve your own mental health than <laughs> yeah. to not to, than to not really kind of pay attention to the atrocities that are happening I mean, around ignorance you?
2: Ignorance is bliss. You know, no. truer words. But I think at the same time, you know, like I think you, you, it, it'll be harder to be surprised if you inform yourself. So it's a double. Yes, edged that's sword. that's. True. I, have,
3: I have a quick. I have a quick question. I'm just. I'm just curious. Okay. So when you hear the term "ignorance is bliss," and I think this might speak to our generation, what is the image that pops into your head, one at Let, a time?
2: Okay. You already know. I already know what you're asking, and it's Joe Pant, Joey Pants in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking cipher from the Matrix yeah. eating a steak.
3: Eating a steak. yes yep. Exactly. Yep. Yes. For I me already knew. <laughs> I
2: already knew where you're going with this, yeah. and I'm eating it too. Just going, <laughs> but ignorance. He takes that bite, and I remember. I think this yeah. was like fourteen, fifteen. And your puberty just makes you like a, a insatiable eater of food. You're like, yeah
3: oh, dude, I want that meat. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because ignorance is bliss, and then the harp. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's
2: funny.
0: That's not what pops in my head at all, but I also oh. don't have a real like cinematic image. I, I guess Forrest Gump, maybe. And I'm like about five years older than you guys, I think. So pro- that might make sense because I think that movie came out five years before The Matrix.
2: Oh, but in your mind, you're like that's the ignorance that was bliss to be Forrest Gump.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Even though he I, seemed like he was smart enough to yeah. realize that. No,
3: no. We're talking about that one man. line in a movie where there's like all that martial arts and the guns and like fucking yeah, go yeah. No, yours like,
0: is much cooler. Mine sucks. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yours is, I have
1: to
3: yeah. go
2: pee.
0: <laughs>
3: have, you, have, you read,
1: have you read the Forrest Gump book? No, no. I've read about oh. the Forrest Gump book. though. <laughs> no, no, How ah.
0: dark it is. Have you, have
1: you read the sequel? The Forrest Gump oh, no. sequel Yeah, that, book?
0: that was in development until 9-11. Like no. the day after 9 11, they were like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't make a sequel to Forrest Gump where he's like in the back of OJ's Bronco and just like taking a tour of the 90s and like yeah. having hilarious mishaps with the mainstream news. Yeah. There, maybe that doesn't work so well in a post 9 Yeah, 11 Forrest world. Gump
2: and the, cr- the CIA crack epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that going to be? <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Nice to meet That'd you, be- Freeway Ricky Ross. <laughs>
3: Like, dude that would be that would be a great parody movie like a Forrest Gump type <laughs> character who's like who happens to be in the background of all these like major yeah dude, that's right. funny I like that a lot that's hilarious
2: <laughs> just like yeah they're like the most just the most awful government-backed atrocities on earth <laughs> <laughs> he's just there somehow all the
3: time <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious
2: all right
0: let's talk about why these youngs Don't own homes.
3: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So top five reasons. Avocado toast. Mm Spending too much on avocado toast. Two, Mm -hmm. not eating enough canned tuna, as we'll get to. These Mm -hmm. are both Wall Street Journal articles. Uh, No. So I just want to say, up front, people were complaining in the comments, or at least one person. I think it's a valid criticism on some level that, like, they're like, you complain about capitalism, but then you cut to ads for products. Like, what's... What's going on? And you can tell I think it's valid criticism because I gave them that stupid voice uh, when I was uh, impersonating their comment. But yeah. I also want to say that like the I think assuming that the modern state of what is defined as capitalism is just the only possibility for capitalism is very like narrow minded and short sighted and is like the result of just a number of like historically terrible decisions over the past 40 years by the people in power in America. And so I want to talk about real estate in that context. So in this week's John Oliver segment about the PACE government loan program being kind of predatory on homeowners and just utterly mismanaged, they open the Uh, The segment being like, oh, by the way, if you're 35, you don't need to watch this because you don't own a home. It's like uh, you can go back to TikTok or whatever you guys do, but you don't own a home. And it's worth noting like why that is. So over the past week, there was a story about how BlackRock or a Mm -hmm. subsidiary of Blackstone Blackstone, just invested six billion dollars in buying up single family homes across America. And then there was like the backlash to that story that was like, guys, that's still a small portion of the home ownership. It's not they're not the reason that uh, home prices are rocketing up. So just work harder, basically stop buying avocado toast. But like just broadly, it's pretty simple that there was during after the 2008 economic crisis, a decision to bail out financial institutions and like the richest people on wall street and that left wall street financial institutions with the money to like buy up homes of single families who were being forced out of their homes by the crisis that the wall street banks created in the first place and like you can like the the statistics are pretty clear cut on that like that's that's what happened all the the 2008 financial crisis was a huge redistribution of wealth from private individuals to like big financial institutions. And that's the reason that people don't own homes anymore. Like that's corporate investors snapped up 15% of U.S. homes for sale in the first quarter of this year. Like that's...
2: Well, I mean, it's it's how they that's how they are now like all this privatization of things like, you know, there used to be publicly publicly subsidized homes and things where the government directly did it. But that's getting more blended now. And you have a lot of banks now owning the the resources to even rent homes. And you even see them do deals with the government being like, well, I got this. I got these homes I can put people in. Well, you want to give me a little cut of uh, government grant money and I'll put people in these homes or just to make. You know, just to squeeze people as much as possible and keep them out of owning, so then they can just get into this loop of taking rents every month
0: yeah the this slate article about you know the this whole storyline just makes the point that it I'll just read from it. Rich people are doing so outstandingly well that they're running out of easy places to park their cash, which is why they're buying two thousand square foot houses in the Phoenix suburbs via their ownership stakes in these funds. And then as inequality in the United States increases, the financial elite invest less in the types of things that could create jobs like research and development or new factories and more into directly extracting wealth from the working class. Yeah. One way to do that, become their landlords. And I just think like this is a very clear cut story. It is like one of the main stories of the last 20 years that like gets obfuscated and like gets hidden under layers of like stories uh browbeating millennials for buying too much avocado toast and just bullshit like that and then like backlash to stories that blame these massive financial institutions for like changing the playing field so that it's harder to buy single family homes for single families and yeah it's this came as the result of policy from what was supposed to be a progressive, like the progressive hope and change uh, president. And like he put this massive change into place. So it's like, I don't know. We're, the, the version of capitalism that people think of as American capitalism and is just like capitalism in general is not like it's a oligarchy and a kleptocracy. And like we've lost the thread so badly that we don't realize like what what those things mean even more we have like multiple channels designed to like tracking the stock market and like paying attention to like what the like what these immensely wealthy people's like stock portfolios are doing and like nothing dedicated to like the actual financial realities of americans or like and the federal government's like job should be to Protect the people, but instead they just kind of got in on the whole financial institution logic of like, well, we we're going to treat it like an investment.
1: And just it's just yeah, like exploitation. That.
0: This is what you end up with.
1: Well, back when everybody was a- actually a- able to afford a home, yeah, the generations before us, uh, that's because the there weren't a million other things that you could spend your money on besides a home, <laughs> you know. Like now, now there's just so many options that it's like, you know, I feel like our generation has made peace with the fact that like, we're we're not, we're either not going to be able to buy our own home. And even if we were like the, there's, there's iPhones and stuff like, I want to spend my money on this other stuff and just rent, you know, because, because you never really, I mean, I, I just feel like you never really own your own home anyway. I mean, you're just
0: renting it from the bank anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're paying paying off the mortgage and eventually like it, it is it has been traditionally in American like in America, the way that most people gain wealth and like the tax breaks and, you know, financial breaks that go to American homeowners and that were denied to black Americans and Americans of color for so long was, like, one of the primary, like, giveaways of the 20th century yeah. that, like, allowed people to grow their wealth.
2: Well, I think, yeah, when the whole model of, like, wealth accumulation in this country is built on owning land or home ownership and that main tool of wealth accumulation has vaporized because of yeah. the fact that, rate like, wages don't go up, uh, the fact that people don't have any sort of social safety nets that, you know, like, that were more robust in the past, yeah, it makes it infinitely harder, and I think now that these banks and these like private equity groups have just turned that main mode of wealth accumulation to this like thing. It's like, well, no one has, not really a lot of people are going to have access to, that, to this anymore. So we'll now just turn this into a way to turn up our own wealth accumulation for the top right. X percent by saying now we just make it passively through you know rents being paid to right. us. Right,
1: and, but and and who who wants to take thirty years to build your wealth? <laughs> Right. It takes so long. When you can buy a scratcher in five minutes right. at the liquor store. Exactly. Exactly. You can invest in Bitcoin and then you're rich immediately. I mean, and and even then you're 70, 80 years old and then, you know, it gets tied up in probate court and you can't. It's like you never had it. You got Tom Selleck selling your reverse mortgage and all, all that wealth is gone.
3: Uh, somebody's getting a little personal, I think. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, I've
1: I've had a I've had a long 30 years.
3: I'll say this, because this is, a, this is a conversation I've had in private. I, I think, and I, I don't know, I don't know about the rest of the country, but as far as like America is concerned, I feel like there's this movement towards acclimating people to a subscription based lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Where everything that you have is 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 all in payments, or it's not, you're, you're never fully owned. Like, I don't own any of the music I listen to anymore. You know right. what I mean? There, there was a time where you actually owned a thing, a CD, mm-hmm. right? I mean, granted, yeah. I mean, there's a, it's, it's a lot more environmentally sound, I would say, to to own something that's an MP3 rather than something that's, an, you know, a piece of plastic that's being made and eventually is going to get thrown away. Or if you, if you hold on for whatever, I mean, people, people are still holding on to, you know, vinyl. That's like, you know, they're not making a bunch of it now, but they're, you know, the stuff that's out there that's been out there is, is worth more money than it was when you first bought it, but the point is, the point I'm trying to make is that the, that's just like something that I don't know anybody who buys their cars anymore. I don't know anybody who even buys their phones anymore. I think at some point in time, we're going to, even food now is kind of on a subscription yeah, food, base. Yeah, food
0: subscription services. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah so I, I just think that it's it's slowly but surely kind of systematically training, you know, young minds to not really wrap their head around the concept of owning anything. It's yeah. just something that you have for... A temporary amount of time and then you let go when you once you're like, I don't want to pay for that anymore. Yeah. yeah even I mean? if you
1: and, and if you do if, if you do go buy a car, when you sit down with the sales agent, he he the first question he asks you is, how much do you want to pay per month for this car? Right. 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 It it doesn't matter how what the total is. Oh, go on like realtor dot com and there there's the little slide thing that you use to to show you what your monthly payments will be, regardless of what the uh what the total price of the home is.
2: Whenever you look at this, though, you know, it's it's meant to make everything easier to say, like, well, this could be too daunting, but I can afford $12.99 a month right. or whatever a month to really, like you're saying, Aristotle, like to dissolve this idea of ownership, because if people still did have a very strong sense of how this all works or that home ownership is vital to your like American wealth accumulation and things like that, People would be probably a lot more interested in how this all works. But to your point, sure. I think when all of that becomes obscured and just being like, well, I get X credits per month that I then distribute for my life style, then I'm OK. Um, that like way of living, I think it's just like very it will be very much Black Mirror ish. In a few yeah, generations, yeah. I'm sure, where it's just about purely like, oh, how many credits is this good, sir? Great. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Is this money anymore? I don't know. Get on your bike right. and create some electricity. OK, bye. Right.
0: And they talk about
2: <laughs> like people
0: real. are worried about socialism, like redistributing wealth. But like think about what's going to happen when, you know, the baby boomers who have like accumulated all all the wealth. They're the only ones who like still believe in ownership. So they own everything uh, when they finally die off and all their wealth is just arbitrarily redistributed based on like, you know, their whims and like who, you know, their their kids, uh, their conservative think tanks like that. Is that a more fair way to redistribute wealth than like whatever social programs we could put in place to like actually invest in like the communities?
2: Well, I mean, I don't know. It's just. It's just antithetical to somebody who's thinking purely in terms of like keeping your wealth and augmenting it as much as possible because everything is built on yeah. a system of exploit exploiting people, whether you're a landlord and you're exploiting the person who is looking for fucking shelter. And you're like, Yeah, this is what it's gonna cost because I think other stuff in the neighborhoods, this. I don't know. I'm not really sure what I'm adding to this equation, but do that. Yeah, it, it, it's it, there's no way I don't think that a person could then think, well, what's my role in like writing this ship at all? I don't think that's going to occur to someone. I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when you have like people who are very politically minded who begin inheriting these things because they don't they themselves don't have access to them. What if they will do something with like a vacation home that they inherited? Will they say, you know what, I can I'll try and figure out a way to, you know, ethically like. Rent this, or maybe eventually help somebody live here, where I don't need to make money, but I can. Someone can live there. I don't know. We'll see if there will be any radical thinking around that. But I can only imagine as inequality grows, people it. will just be thinking more about how scarce things are and yeah. just operate out of a mentality of scarcity.
0: If you've ever known people like who inherited so much wealth that they never had to work a day in their life, like they are absolutely ruined by that. <laughs> like just as people. oh yeah. It is the, it's, it doesn't create the best (laughs) situation. That's from
2: your perspective, broke boy. I'm about to fucking take a cool underwater (laughs) scooter to a reef, right? You can drink (laughs) beer down there.
1: Now, you invite me on your show and you, then you insult me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk Subway Tuna. And we're back and miles mm-hmm. i wrote up this new york times story because i knew you didn't want to you didn't want to read this you didn't want to hear about this shit but a new york <laughs> times reporter ordered 60 inches worth of tuna subs from los angeles from Am- a los angeles area subway so it can't be like <laughs> oh this is just a regional problem it is the subways that you have been frequenting frozen is it the, them-
2: my is it my one-on-more park
0: uh, he. It was five different ones. Ah, so, I mean, of that yeah, anyway. sampling, it very well sure. could have been. Uh, frozen sent them to a lab that specializes in fish testing. The lab looks for DNA that can be identified as tuna and amplified, yeah. and they were unable to find any, not a single. What's the know, problem? Sample. What's
2: so the problem what here? It? What's the problem?
0: So they don't know. This story is kind because of, of the mayonnaise. Yeah. Right. So that's (laughs) I think like they open it up to being that like at one point they're like it could just be that it's like so degraded from all of the processing that like it's no longer recognizable from a DNA perspective, which is like, yeah, well, then we don't have a problem
2: here, but (laughs) exactly. There is no just move along. This shit is so processed. There's like uh, in the look, a super producer Anna Hosni sent the article out because she wanted to take a shot across my bow. Although at the same time, she came up with a brilliant defense for me that if anything, if I commit crimes or something, I'm going to use the Subway tuna defense. That That's what happened. She's like, just blame everything you do on eating Subway tuna sandwiches for as long as you did. And someone may be sympathetic. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, like the when one of the other like sort of experts that was talking about it just said, I mean, like when you boil this shit down and cook it down, it it like ceases to have any sort of organic like you it'll be hard to find the dna at that point because of all the processing do i think that it's just a bunch of shredded up javiana sandals and shit i don't know
1: but right. well, it this it is, is pr-
2: they did something great
1: this will probably end up just being like a big advertising hoax by subway and they're like yeah there's no traces of uh of tuna it's all caviar subway right, right.
3: yeah <laughs> welcome <laughs> yeah Robin but not they Leech. find out that one of the same, like yeah, one of the ingredients in their bread was the same thing that they used to make yoga mats. Manishu. Yoga mats, yeah yeah, 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 right, right, yeah. More I mean, is everything
0: like, at like a certain like we, you can break everything down far enough into a chemical compound that it's like, yeah. I mean, like we all contain carbon, and I bet there's some carbon in there. So you could be like Subway is like eating people. It's I don't know. Right, I, I think these articles. Heat. Also, this article just from its methodology perspective. He bought five subway subs in Los Angeles, froze them, and sent them to a lab, which the testing you later find out is affected by, like, how much it's been frozen and, like, broken down and all these different things. So, like, why did, were there no subways near the lab? Like, uh, were what, what was the New York Times budget that they were like, sorry, bro, you got to just, like, hack this uh, investigation hmm. together using whatever subway you can walk to yeah this smacks of
1: something that was all orchestrated by jimmy johns or something right
2: Right. you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah where they're like look at us like it's like you can watch a video of the tuna being processed from the sea all the way to your mouth so you know you can trust our tuna but i think it would be interesting if you just did this across all american food like just really to help people understand how fucking processed the food is that you eat. Like there's a version of getting a canned tuna from your store and then making your own like tuna salad or whatever, and whatever it takes for these companies again, because it's all about creating the widest margins for their profits as possible that it's, you process this shit and do it cheap and things like that. Yeah. That's how it ends up being a fucking $5 foot long. Yeah. Mm. All that to say is I feel great. My magnetism has died down ever since I started eating Subway (laughs) tuna sandwiches to offset the magnetism from the vaccines. Uh, Occasionally, (laughs) like, I mean, my toenails grow at such a rate that I I find it to be very impressive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can actually see it
2: visibly from space like
0: happening in front of you. (laughs) But yeah, there's this quote that says, because if we all want everything at rock bottom prices, that means something somewhere is going to be exploited. Whether that's people or the ocean, probably both um, in the case of tuna. They also say like they have behind the scenes testimony from sandwich artists uh, who who work at Subway <laughs> who say, who say that this, the tuna comes <laughs> as two separate ingredients, yeah. mayonnaise and a flaky like brined fish looking uh, <laughs> substance that they then mix together with their hands and gloves. But it, that that was the best I've ever felt about Subway tuna was like reading that. Yeah, he spoke
1: yeah. he spoke under under the condition of anonymity. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it, it is made out of. A-
0: <laughs> uh, they both did actually fear for fear of reprisal from Subway, uh, both sandwich yeah. artists that they had on yeah. uh, at the beginning of night.
2: the pandemic lockdown. I remember when so many restaurants and things sort of pivoted to being like, hey, you can just buy shit from like you need an egg or like some lettuce or whatever. You could buy you could buy the tuna at Subway. They were selling five pound bags of this shit that was pre mayonnaise and it was just pretty much labeled. I mean, I maybe bought it and was loving it.
0: So that was the <laughs> that was the good part of like what I learned. the The bad part is that they will leave it out on the counter for seventy two hours. Oh, they yeah. they consider the like post mayonnaised tuna to be among their most like shelf or uh, sandwich bar stable ingredients. The way they describe it is like the fish is like caught with a net that is like. I don't know, it's just... It's exactly the thing that happens at the end of uh, Finding Nemo, I think, where, like, all the fish in, like, the dirty part of the ocean get, like, trapped in this net, and then, like, they just freeze them immediately once they get them on the boat, and then, like, bake them with all their organs and shit in them, and then, like, at that point, remove the bones, like, at some factory. So that's, like, kind of gross. And it's also only the worst quality tuna like there's the they're like the pink tuna we send to sushi bars the like pinkish tuna that has like some fucked up stuff on it we sear the outside of that leave the inside pink and like send that off to restaurants and then there's the stuff that's just all you know cat food has a whole yeah yeah, (laughs) cat food exactly and that that we send to the uh, canneries which is where your canned tuna comes from the tuna that doesn't know how to swim. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. exactly.
2: Yeah. The, I, I shout out to all the listeners who incessantly tagged me in every single version that was had a link and could be I could be added in for bringing this to my attention. I've, again, I wouldn't be who I am without this mystery fish. Yeah. So in that way, thank you. But I'm still unwavering in my support of Subway, whatever this sandwich is.
0: And so as a follow-up to this New York Times article, the New York Times is going to DNA test Miles to yeah. see if they can detect <laughs> any subway tuna in Miles' DNA.
2: Not human. They can. There's too much mayonnaise in Miles. <laughs> right. Yeah, all, Almost all mayonnaise. His blood type uh, is Hellman's. <laughs>
3: uh, that's funny.
0: Well, Andy Aristotle, it's been such a pleasure having you guys on the daily zeitgeist. Uh, where can Thank people you find us. you and follow you and hear you and all that good stuff?
1: I mean, on Instagram at this is Americans Live. Mm. And uh everywhere else, me, uh, at the Andy Harris.
3: Mine is uh air a I R, like Air Jordans, but Air underscore Stottle S-T-O-T-L-E. If you want to find me there. And that's the same for all the social stuff.
0: But that's mostly just like highlights from your NBA career, right? Mm-hmm. No,
3: just to highlights of my sneaker collection, really. <laughs> oh, is hey. that nice?
1: Uh, By the way, it's very important. It's very important. If you're looking for me to do the Andy Harris, because there is another Andy Harris. Who's a, who's a, a GOP congressman from Maryland, right? Who, uh, that's not you. Who and I they get, look, who they, I they look exactly the same, which we is do. We oh, do. No. We, we get, we get mistaken for each other quite quite often
0: (laughs) that's fucked up man
1: some people think it was me that tried to bring a gun into the congress floor yeah uh, six (laughs) months ago um but no it was i really i
3: I really wish i hope next time you guys if you guys decide to talk about uh, uaps or ufos i would love to be a part of that that's something i've been doing a lot of research and reading on i don't know if you guys are into that stuff said. oh we're, for we're huge into
0: it yeah we we just talk about it like you know whenever there's a new development but i'd, I'd love to let's get a your two minute take
3: two minute I, I give it to you in 10 seconds there's aliens out there guys wow <laughs> there it is
2: <laughs> love it Case <laughs> i don't know i mean
3: i mean i mean i, I do feel like that the, the evidence is so compelling it's like how could you how could you honestly i don't know how, how can you explain that away
0: I just heard the I just heard the most the uh first kind of good uh skeptical take on all the Tic Tac videos that was yeah. like broke it down in a way that I could understand. I still don't have a good explanation for the Air Force pilots who were like, Yeah, we were like eye to eye with this Tic Tac that was like circling us uh yeah, after yeah, yeah. like hovering over it. That's the one that I still like, unless you're, like, these Air Force pilots, both of them decided to come up with this story and, like, jeopardize their career to uh, do this,
2: to, like, tell this jeopardize lie. Jeopardize their career I don't as it. UFO influencers on the internet? <laughs> right.
0: No. <laughs> but, like, the... the sec- So, like, yeah, there's the one guy who's been telling this story, but then he got, like, his co-pilot to come out, and she just... She's, like, a... You know, she just looks like a, a high school principal. She's just, like... Yeah, okay, I guess I'll do it. Uh, I have nothing that, like, she's just like, I. it's kind of weird, but yeah, I saw a UFO. Like, it was just very much, like, she did not seem like the person who's trying to cash in on this in any way right. whatsoever.
3: Yeah, Well, it took her a while, too, to come out. Yeah, yeah. Because she was kind of under the radar, but there was were some other pilots too that kind of, uh, I think his name is Fravor, right, as the pilot you're, what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. He, Uh. you know, I mean, even he didn't really want to be involved in that whole community. He was just being very honest about what he saw.
1: Yeah, you know, we actually, we actually have audio from that, uh, from that UFO. Uh, hold on. Yeah. What are we doing on Earth, Rock? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: what are we doing in LA? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and <Anyhow>, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is Americans
3: Live. Everybody, uh, check it out. It's on. It's on. Uh, the, it's on your rented iPhones. There
0: you go. Oh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you guys have been enjoying?
3: I have. I have an aunt in Iran, and she posts funny stuff. Mm. Nice. I just don't, okay. don't. I don't think she knows what she's posting. But I. I. I, <laughs> I. Sometimes she'll send me text messages. You know, like through, like through Instagram, and I know what she wants. To, she's trying to be like, like, like an aunt and cute, and like send me like kissy you know, like photos or whatever mm-hmm. like we're like you know like the little the emoji but she always sends me the sensual lips that are like <laughs> like that <laughs> i don't think she knows what she's sending me and it just straight up looks like i'm sexting with my with my aunt <laughs> which i'm 100% not but anyways go ahead.
1: <laughs> i know i saw, i saw an onion article it said uh de blasio says uh it's not so easy to find a mayor that doesn't suck shit
0: isn't it (laughs) it. it's so wild that the new york mayor's uh race is we which we haven't talked about for some reason we were too busy talking about uh tuna sandwiches from subway but yeah just what a what a wild collection of uh weirdos miles what's a tweet you've been enjoying
2: Oh uh, man, well, first you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray and also the other show 420 Day Fiance. Yeah, you need 90 all that day shit, man, come on. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I get it. And some tweets that I like uh first one, Jessica Roy at Jessica underscore Roy. A bunch of people who said they quote don't want to be the test subject for an experimental vaccine seem remarkably chill about being a potential test subject for the COVID Delta variant. Um, the next one is from <laughs> at official bro Haas, B-R-O-H-O-S-S, saying L.A. girls, skateboard and green smoothie, uh. NYC girls, roller skate and Predamanger rap, Chicago girls, 70-pound steel frame swim bike from 1974. And let me get one beef dipped. And can I get hot peppers on that, too? Oh, I <laughs> love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling that. That's love a beef hilarious. dip.
0: Uh, that was going to be mine, but I didn't know how to pronounce predomagé, so I um, didn't read, read it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, a couple tweets I've been enjoying full of words I can't pronounce. Melside Ponytail tweeted, you should be able to get on your roommate's insurance, <laughs> which I agree with. And then Adam at Burger Krang tweeted, starting a new bit where I say Roll Tide every time someone mentions Albania. Uh, <laughs> you can find Us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram We have a Facebook fan page and a website Daily where we post our episodes And our footnotes Where we link off to the information that we talked about In today's episode As well as a song we think you might enjoy Miles what, What's the yeah. song we think people might enjoy?
2: From another one from Dirty Art Club Fan of this show and we're fans Of their work Uh, This Ah. one's called Rerun, and this track is great. Every time I want to give a description, this one feels like if you did Mushrooms and you were at a parent's house and you found an old uh, yearbook from your junior high and you were looking through it. This is the music that would be playing in your head as you looked at it. So this is rerun by Dirty Art Club.
0: I, is it just a single iC piano key over and over? Because that's what that, that experience would feel like. To, to <laughs> me. All right. Well, go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is the production of iHeartRadio for more podcasts from iHeartRadio. Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Bye
3: everybody. Thanks for having us.